0: Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q.
1: And here we are, Raider Nation. Here we are. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Damon Cotton, your boy Q, here for the next couple hours. Going to knock it out as uh, it is Monday. It is week. Now we are in what? Week 9 now, right? Tonight will be the, the wrap-up of week 8, and then it'll be week 9. It'll be headed to... New York it's a New York Giants football week Raiders coming off their bye week very excited about the results of what happened during the bye week as the Raiders now sit all by themselves alone in first place at five and two after the Chargers lose to the Patriots The Denver Broncos they did win over the Washington football team but then they waved the white flag a little earlier today we'll talk about that in a quick minute So everything is right there for the taking, for the silver and black. They have everything in front of them. And it all starts this week with the New York football giants on the road. Sunday, 10 a.m. kickoff right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. As today is the first of the month. It's the hood holiday. Shout out to Bone thugs and harmony Wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. You never know what could happen today. You never know what could happen tomorrow by 1 o'clock. Because that's the trade deadline. It's funny that... You know, it's exactly nine months of what removed from a day that I did a, a podcast on my Lockdown Raiders podcast saying, don't be afraid to make a trade. That was February 1st, 2021. I looked it up before the show started. Wanted to make sure I had my dates correct. That was nine months ago. And today a team like the Los Angeles Rams have shown that they are not afraid to make a trade as they go out and make the move for Von Miller, bring him into the fold. Aaron Donald is there. Jalen Ramsey is there. I mean, they're stacking the box and the Rams are showing that they don't care. They don't give a rip about any kind of draft picks. They hardly have any in the 2022 draft. They have three, no first round pick, no second round pick. They have a compensatory pick in round three, no fourth round pick. They have a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick. They traded away. And then they have the seventh pick and that's it. That's all they have as of right now. And that doesn't mean that that's what they're going to have by 2022 because they have shown that the draft picks don't mean anything to them, they are in win-now mode. So I come to you today, Raider Nation, saying if the Raiders are going to make a move, and I know we've talked about the trade deadline, we talked about that late last week, talked about certain potential players, but if it's now or never, if if it's gonna make a move time, if the Raiders are deciding that they need to get on their horse and make something happen as they sit in first place with everything right in front of them, is it an offensive move? Or is it a defensive move? I've had a lot of people hit me up throughout the course of the day and say that, hey, it's got to be an offensive move. Got to make an offensive move. You know, you can never have too many weapons. And I believe in that to a certain extent. I do believe that you can never have too many weapons. For years, Kansas City has proven that, right? But I'll tell you right now, if the Raiders are in an all-in on this year move and they're going to go make a move, I think it's got to be a difference maker on the defensive side of the ball. That's just me. I mean, you could have your own thoughts. And, of course, I want to hear from you throughout the course of the show, 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. The Raiders are going to make one big-time move, only one, because I don't see multiples. Is it on the offensive side of things or defensive side of things? What would you prefer? Let us know that. I've seen a lot of folks talk about, Trade in Marcus Mariota to maybe the Saints now that uh, Jameis Winston has been diagnosed with a torn ACL and he's out for the year. Remember, Marcus Mariota has a no-trade clause, so he has to approve that any trade that he uh, any trade that his name could be involved in he uh, he has to approve. I wouldn't mind, honestly, I wouldn't mind if they moved on from Marcus Mariota and traded him just because the Raiders haven't got anything from him anyway. The concept was great, the idea of having that insurance behind Derek Carr is awesome. I agree with it a hundred percent but the Raiders just have not benefited from it at all. You know, they've had one game and one run and what last week against the Eagles, what do you have one play that he was in the game? I mean, it's, it just hasn't been there. And I mean, it just hasn't been healthy. And so that's just uh, the nature of the beast. That's what happens sometimes. So uh, at this point, you know, at least, you know, Nathan Peterman is, is, is healthy. I mean, I don't trust him to be a quality insurance backup, but you know, if something happens to DC, then, well, you you just kind of know what the season's going to be like anyway. It's, looking back at 2016 all over again. So, again, I throw it out there and I ask you, if the Raiders make an all-in move before tomorrow's trade deadline, what would you prefer to be, offensive side of things or the defensive side of things? I prefer defense all day. But I'd love to hear from you, my man, DeMond Cotton, who has been playing hide-and-seek for me for the last couple hours, apparently. He's in the home studios right now. And, DeMond, if the Raiders were to make a move, do you think it should be offensive or do you think it should be defensive?
2: I'm gonna go against the grain here, and I'm gonna say no move at all.
1: Really? Why? Yeah. Okay. So, so why would you? Why? Okay. Why is that?
2: Well, no, I don't think that there are those moves out there that can be made, and it's not so much as you don't want to be the Rams, where not having draft picks, but I just think that there is no reason. So, I don't think that there's any position on this team right now. As, con- as constructed, that, oh, if they get this extra player here, that's going to be the Super Bowl there. Or you know what I mean? That That's going to be, okay. now they are locked into, like, the number one seed overall with this move here. There is no right. move well, like I mean, that.
1: No, no, no move is going to guarantee you anything, but, boy, it'll give you a good shot. I mean, I'll tell you right now what the Rams did. They put their stones on the table. They really did. And I know Von Miller is not the Von Miller he was in Super Bowl 50 when he was the MVP and destroyed Cam Newton and his, uh, and his Carolina Panthers team. I know he's not that guy, but you pair him with Dante Fowler, you pair him with with Aaron Donald, and you're going to have opposing quarterbacks are going to have problems, even if he's only in the game 25 or 30 plays a game.
2: Do you think the Broncos, do, do the Broncos give that same deal to the Raiders?
1: No, of course not. See? Of course not. No, I, I don't think that the Broncos would trade with the Raiders. I mean, straight up. I, I don't think that that's a move that the Raiders were even could even think about you know making because i don't think that the broncos would be silly enough to make that move uh within their division but i'm i'm actually i'll tell you the truth i'm surprised that the the broncos are waving the white flag already i'll say that they just come off a victory they're they're sitting there at four and four Uh, i was shocked that they made that move now there's been multiple reports on why that move was made uh some of which i believe some of which i don't but uh we'll get to the bottom of that sometime this week we'll talk to a few different people that are in the know that know a lot more than i do and we'll find out but you want to have some fun I,
2: speculating? We can just speculate until then.
1: Well, the speculation, <laughs> the report that's out there, I'll, and I'll just throw it out there because it's out there already. I'm not making this up. It's out there that one of the big reasons is apparently Von Miller threw a big Halloween party that was like a six figure Halloween party, and he wanted multiple players from the team to chip in on it. Again, apparently he does this every single year. Like Quavo from the Migos was there. All kind of, you know, it's like it's like a really big to do. And rookies were asked to, to chip in and pay and help pay for this big uh, affair, and they didn't want to. And according to this report, again, this is just what I read as I was doing show prep before the show, uh, apparently that that is one of the big reasons he was going to be very disruptive in the locker room. Like I said, there's a lot that's out there that I what believe. But you got on
2: my 40, homie.
1: <laughs> and then, Exactly. And then there's a lot out there that I don't believe. So I'm not taking that as, as gospel. I'm just saying it's a, one of the reports that is out there. But sometime this week, we'll have someone on from Denver that can talk about that and speak on it. Uh, I find that hard to believe that that would be a reason why you move on from a guy like that. But, you know, he hasn't played in a few weeks. Uh, he's been injured, matter of fact, ever since the Raider game. Uh, he was close to playing last week. He didn't. But now he's there in L.A. with the Rams. So we'll we'll see. Like I said, I, I don't want to sit there and put salt on his name and say that this is what happened, uh, for a matter of fact, because I don't know. But I'm so but glad it, I
2: asked you this question because if that's I would love to get down to the minutia, get some sources. Who was at the party? Oh man, uh, oh, this is more important than him getting traded to the Rams to me. <laughs> <laughs> well these are the hard-hitting I, stories that we need to cover.
1: Right. Well, I, I like I said, I find a lot of this, you know, to be you know, he say, she say. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. I know for a fact that he's on his way to on his way to uh, to L A. to play with the Rams and Denver. Now, you're really looking at him like, okay, what's really going on? I've seen people hit me up and say, "Q, need to make a move for Odell Beckham Jr." And I'm not gonna lie, maybe before the season, I was kind of on board with that. I think I even suggested that on one of my podcasts. Like, maybe that's a a difference maker just because of the attitude and the the you know the the not to style or swagger, I hate those words, but just kind of the the person he is where he's like a, a, a demands the ball. I thought maybe maybe the Raiders do need someone like that in their locker room, but I'll say this, you can't just go add anybody. And you see the that the Raiders locker room is constructed in the way that they all fully embrace each other right now. You've got to be careful. If you're going to make a move, you do have to be careful who you bring in because you don't want to disrupt what they have going on. And right now they are all on the same page with each, with, each, with each other. I don't think an Odell Beckham Jr. would fit in the locker room. And on top of that, I don't think that they need him. I'll go back to your point. I don't think that they need an offensive weapon. I think, if anything, they need a defensive dude. That's, that's, I, I get what you're saying, but I think a defensive, like a, a difference maker. You know, I've seen some suggestions for a Fletcher Cox from Philadelphia. That could be a good rotational piece, especially if Cleaver Earl is going to be a no-show. I could see that being a good piece. Uh, I mentioned before uh, a, a shutdown corner like a Byron Jones. I know a lot of people don't like that suggestion. I don't care. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> I, I really do. I think that would make that pass rush that much better. And I think it would make that secondary way more effective. Those two go hand in hand. You know what I mean? Like that, that is one of those, it, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, and, and I would say Xavier Howard, but I know he gets banged up so much, but he does create a lot of turnovers. But Byron Jones, that dude can. That dude is 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 like glue, man. He could be on a wide receiver like glue. Don't need so no Byron eat,
2: Jones. I, we got Netway coming back soon. Don't worry. Who? Netway? Damon Arnett?
1: Okay, uh, I'm not even listening to that. I mean, if anything, if you said Trayvon Mullen is coming back soon, then I said, okay, I can I could understand your argument. But again, this is a move to win right now this is not a move to say hey i'm trying to develop this young corner i'm trying to no you're trying to win right there's a re- reason why casey hayward was brought in remember when they brought in casey hayward they said he ain't here to teach someone how to play the position he's here to, ha- to have a job i'm not worried about young developing guys at this point i'm looking at it if you're in a position where you think that you can make a run right now and everything is in front of you everything has fallen into your lap the way you want it to they literally won on the bye week. It's very rare that you win on the bye week, but they won on the bye week multiple ways. They have everything in front of them. If they feel like, and this is up, this is just them. This is us conversating, but that's that's just them. If Mike Mayock and company feel there's one big time move that could put them over the top, I'd be all for it. I'd be all for it. Want to give you a roster update real quick, and then I'll let you know who's coming up on the show today. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor put out a tweet that I uh, saw Vic Taffer put out earlier saying that Javen White, the linebacker from UNLV, was going to be released. Vinny put out a tweet saying, Timeline, White will come off the IR today and be activated to the 53-man roster. Raiders have an open spot after Willie release needs release. Any subsequent move will come tomorrow. So most likely it seems like Javen White will probably be released tomorrow. And then according to... Oh, well, no, never mind. The, the Raiders just put out a tweet. So this is updating Vinny's tweet. We have activated... Oh, yeah, no, this is the same thing. We've activated Javon White from the reserve injured list. We've restored ha Clinton Dix to the practice squad, released defensive back Tony Brown from the practice squad. There you go. So that's the update. So if Javen White gets released, he'll probably be tomorrow, like Vinny's saying, and then he'll he'll refer back to the, to the practice squad. So that's just a little bit of a little roster update right there. But, uh, again, a guy like a Javon White... No disrespect is not going to be a factor in this right now, because right now the Raiders are all in on what they're trying to get done. And Denzel Perryman and KJ Wright, and you see KJ Wright's not even out there on the field that much. KJ Wright, Corey Littleton playing really good ball. So if Jaden White were to get onto the field, it would be, it would be just strictly depth at, the, at that point. I mean, he's not a guy that I expect to see too much from at all. So most likely the reason why he'll end up end up on the practice squad uh, after tomorrow, if he does, if he in- indeed does get released, as as uh, you know, the conversation, the speculation is out there. Again, Vic Tafer put it out there first that that he was going to be released. Uh, coming up on today's show, now that we already put the question out there and had a little bit of feedback at two thirty, Cody Benjamin from CBS dot com, he's going to join the show to talk about all the goings ons in the NFL right now, including one that, DeMond, I am not saying this to try to rub salt at all in your wounds. Uh, but it's a big one man Uh, Derek Henry looking like he's going to be lost for the season Uh, he's going to have surgery tomorrow he'll be out at least what six to eight weeks uh, potentially a little bit more than that so either way he's going to miss a big large chunk of the remainder of this season which is a huge blow to the Tennessee Titans who by the way after a big victory over the Colts in overtime yesterday are the number one seed in the AFC so DeMond when you saw that news what were your thoughts?
2: Uh, I tweeted out um, an old Odell Beckham quote where it's like,
1: I'm not having fun anymore. <laughs> that's, I'm not having fun anymore. I respect. And I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. You know what I mean? Because, again, <laughs> I don't I don't never wish injury on anybody, and I never laugh at anybody, any player who has injury, because that's just, I mean, that's one of those things that's inevitable. You can't avoid it in the NFL, and it stinks. And Derrick Henry is one of the good guys. You hate to see him be lost. But and did man, you see the Titans, who they signed? what happened? Did you see who they signed? Oh yeah. The old man still got it. Yeah. The old man still got it, but he's not Derrick Henry. I mean, there's just no, there's no way of replacing Derrick Henry. I mean, that guy, there's not a player in the league used more than Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? Like he is, he is the biggest key to that Titans offense. I mean, everything goes to Derrick Henry. So that's a huge, huge loss, man. And uh, we'll see what Adrian Peterson. I know he'll be in good shape. That's the one thing you could always guarantee about it's 2012, Peterson, in, it's
2: 2012 again Back in my head.
1: Well, I mean, hey, you know, he's going to go out there and give it everything he's got, that's for sure, but he's not Derrick Henry. So we'll talk to Cody Benjamin at 2.30 about everything going on in the NFL, if he's anticipating any big-time moves being made around the league, what uh, the Saints' plan is now that Jameis Winston has a torn ACL, and, of course, what the Titans do, uh, how does Adrian Peterson try to help build that, fill that void left by Derrick Henry and his injury. Then at 3 o'clock, Jim Plunkett, two-time Super Bowl champion. He joins us each and every week following a Raider game. I was not sure if he was going to join us today because there was no Raider game this weekend, but uh, in fact, he is going to join us at 3 o'clock, so we'll talk to him about, you know, what a team feels like coming off a bye, what a team feels like coming off a bye in first place. When a quarterback is cooking like Derek Carr, you know, how do you keep that rolling? We'll just pick Jim Plunkett's brain, and as a matter of fact, I haven't done this before, but let's do this now. 69187, keyword R&R. If you got a question you want me to ask Jim Plunkett, there's something that every time you hear him each and every week, you're like, man, I wish Q would ask this question. Feel free to hit me up and, and, and put it on, on our text line, our Salmon Ash text line. I will ask a question or two that you want me to ask Jim Plunkett because uh, he's an open book, man, and he's fun to talk to. But if you have a question, something's been you know itching, uh, you, you've been itching your brain and you wanted to hear from him, Let me know. And coming up at 3 o'clock when we talk to Jim Plunkett, I will ask him that question. Then at 3.30, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas does the press box with Tyler Bischoff, also Las Vegas Review Journal. He'll join us to talk all things Raiders and also talk a little bit of UNLV. And Damon. not trying to pile in on you on this Monday. I'm sure not trying to do that at all. But UNLV takes another, uh, another L. They look bad doing it. The Fremont Cannon stays in Reno. How are you feeling after that, whatever that was on Friday night?
2: Well, Q, I know this is going to be a surprise to you and the audience, everybody who listens. I don't even like, I don't even like football, so I don't even care.
1: <laughs> Come on, man! <laughs> Jokes Come on, on you.
2: I don't even like football. This has been a ruse. Didn't hurt me at all. I wasn't watching that game and just saying run the clock out, don't even pass anymore because I'm tired of seeing it.
1: That was in the that
2: third was, quarter. That was my thought. I saw a completed pass and said, What's the point? Just run the clock out. I don't want to see another pass.
1: That was bad football. Just man. get out that of here. Really bad football. And I will say this, and maybe we're spoiled because we watched UNLV play at Allegiant Stadium, but I'll tell you, man, that field there in Reno is not very good. <laughs> that field that looked like, and maybe I'm just spoiled because I've been around all these Texas high school football fields. That looked like, a low budget high school football field in Texas, you know what I mean? Like that did not look like, and I'm not trying to pile on them, but that did not look like a very good stadium. Was that? Did I miss something there?
2: No, that's about Reno summed up altogether. I'm assuming you've never been.
1: No, I've been to Reno, I've been to the city of Reno. I just never been to the stadium.
2: No, well, I am saying that city. What you are describing is what Reno is altogether.
1: Ah, oh, see now, now see you're 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 going there. I'm not going there. I'm not goofing on the whole city.
2: <laughs> I said what I, I stand by what I said. Come for me, Reno.
1: Okay, yeah. Until they do come for you, then you're gonna act like it didn't happen. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what's up. So that's the lineup that we have. I don't like. I said not trying to pile in on you, but I will ask Ed Graney about UNLV and what's going on with them and what do they got to do, man. I, I have high hopes for them to you know get things turned around. I know Marcus Arroyo's got a plan. But man, it's hard to see this plan right now. It is tough to see.
2: Speaking tough of Texas, to I think it's time to make a call to Texas. Time to make <laughs> a call to down to TCU. I know Gary Patterson's leaving. Somebody else on his staff needs to leave.
1: Tony Sanchez, oh, bring him back. Wow. I thought you were going to say bring uh, Gary Patterson. I thought you were oh, going to call. We can't TCU. afford him. Ah, Well, that's true. That's true. That
2: man has a statue there.
1: <laughs> I know. I, you're right. You're right about that. Well, 702-365-9200, want to hear from you. What kind of move would you like to see the Raiders make, if any? DeMond said he didn't want to see any move made. He said there was no move needed to be made. If you feel that way, that's fine. 702-365-9200, 69187, keyword R&R. That is the Ash text line. DeMond, if we got a call, let me know. If not, I'll hit up this text line real quick. Let's see. We have one from Sir Whiskey Ray. Here we go. D, I completely agree with you on not making a move here at the trade deadline. Sometimes it's smart to not make a trade and keep everything intact. Yes, we could use some depth at the O-line or secondary, but there's not a major player I feel in the market. Also, it's not worth giving up draft picks. I say let's roll with what we have for the rest of the season and let us play out. Again, no need to panic and make a trade, just a trade. Let's keep a level head and not make a fantasy football decision. Just my opinion and not drinking any whiskey yet. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And I'll say this as far as value in the draft picks, I value draft picks a lot. You know, and I've said it before that the draft is going to be in 2022 in Las Vegas. You want to have your first round pick. I'm not saying just go out and give up a first round pick. But I'll say this. If you go back and look at the track record of the Raiders and their draft picks as of late. Is it really that valuable? You know, what I mean, like, is are those draft picks that valuable? Because they haven't done a whole lot with their draft picks, not at least their early draft picks. Their late draft picks have been great. They find some great late gems. Nate Hobbs, stud. Max Crosby, stud. Hunter Renfro, stud. Those are all late-round picks. AQ, hey we do have a couple calls lined up. But they do got a couple duds as well. 702-365-9200. Who we got up first, Damon?
2: ABA Ivan Davis.
1: Hey, ABA Ivan Davis, what's on your mind? Calling out of Oakland. What's up, my man?
3: How's it going? Thanks for taking my call. You know, of course, you guys are doing spectacular as usual. Um, The only... I'm with the original texter. I don't think they should make any moves, not because they can't use it. Of course they could. It's just that with all the injuries, depth is right now at an absolute premium. Now, I know the low-hanging fruit is Mariota, I'm uh, using your words, uh, but I, w- I wouldn't trade him because if something happened to Derek Carr, I, I mean, I just haven't seen – we saw Peterman the whole preseason, and I'm, I'm not convinced that he can do the job. He's adequate. But this is a playoff push, not finishing out the regular season. And maybe one other one, Clee Farrell, would be the other uh low hanging fruit. Okay, and uh him more so than Mariota, but you're not gonna give much for him. Right. Plus he doubles as a as an inside uh, he does a real good job of stopping the run on the inside. So he's a actually a pretty important uh dev piece. Okay, just not what he should be as a number four overall pick. But and that's pretty much uh all i have so you know touch it down raiders you know thank you san diego chargers for that spectacular performance you gave us and hopefully we can hold on to uh first place and i'll be calling, talking about playoffs.
1: all right there you go sounds good thank you so much for that call my man i appreciate you and yeah you know we've been saying that clee Furl is a big piece of the rotation on that defensive line for a while and honestly he's just not He's just not part of that rotation. I mean, he's getting very minimal snaps right now. Very minimal snaps. I have high hopes for him. I've had high hopes for him. I've pounded the drum that, like you said, he'll stop the run. He'll be part of that rotation. It just hasn't resulted. The snaps aren't even there. I'm not even talking about him and what he's doing. It's the snaps aren't there. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool that he's part of the rotation, but, you know, at this point there's really you're not really getting much from them. now you're right you're not going to get much back in return for him either so it's not really uh too big of a loss or too too big of a of a deal uh let's see we got a text defense wins championships the raiders need to add, the raiders need to add more dogs on that d line i like to see someone like cox or a corner like you said q um uh, not too sure who that was from uh <laughs> then raider j from sacramento said don't hate on the silver legacy in circus circus bro That's Raider J from Sacramento talking to you, talking to you, Damon. right there. So, okay, good stuff. Good stuff. I like it. 2.23 is the time. We got one more call we can hit, Damon. Yeah, let's go ahead and get
2: Fargo Raider in.
1: Fargo Raider, what's on your mind this afternoon? Welcome to Unnecessary Roughness.
2: Hey,
1: thank you for taking my call. How you guys doing today? Good, man, chilling.
0: That's what's up. I actually called in to JT's show to say about Mariota, but I wanted to expand on that. I think that's a place that he wouldn't mind going because he'd actually get to be a starter. I mean, I'm sure he he likes Vegas, and it's a good place for him, but he could actually get to start, and it would benefit us because we've been hitting on the late-round picks, and I think that's what we'd get for him. I mean, at this point, I want to see us get something out of that money that we spend on him, and that's looking like a good option for both parties. But I am with DeMond. I don't think we need to do any moves at uh, at this point in, in the season. You guys have a good one.
3: Thank you for taking my call.
1: Thank you for the call, Fargo Raider. I like that. And, okay, hey, no no move necessary. But if you can make a move for Mario to go for it. but uh, And that's cool. That's cool. And I'm sure that he would be very interested in being a, a starter. I don't know if that would work that quickly just because, you know, he's never been in Sean Payton's system. So that would probably be something difficult for him to pick up real quick, fast in a hurry. You got to hope that he's healthy as well. That's been his biggest deal since he's been with the Raiders is just health. Um, And yeah, like ABA Ivan Davis said, he'd like to have him for insurance just in case something happened to car. But the problem is he just hasn't been available. You know, a lot of things sound good and look good on paper, but it just, they don't result in, in, in anything because guys aren't available. And if guys aren't available, they, they don't do you any good. You can't, you know, I say it all the time. You can't get a dub from the tub, man. You know, you got to be out there on the field to, to win games. Too many times these guys are, are, are missing an action. They're, they're, they're not available. So, would we'd love to hear from you. Got a ton of text messages. 69187, keyword r Keep those things rolling. Also, coming up at 3 o'clock, we have Jim Plunkett. If you want to get a question into him, <laughs> and please, excuse me, please hit me. Hit me up and ask, and uh, we'll definitely get that in. And uh, coming up next, we got Cody Benjamin from CBS Sports. He'll go through the landscape of the NFL, talk about the trade deadline coming up tomorrow, and uh, give his thoughts on what the Raiders could potentially do if there's any moves to be had. We'll do that next here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920.
1: So I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. And we're back here on NSA Reference, Radio, Nation Radio 920, Demon Cotton and your boy Q. Pleased to have now on the phone lines our guy Cody Benjamin from CBS Sports talking all things NFL. And Cody, we do appreciate your time. And you can check out Cody on Twitter at Cody J. Benjamin. And, well, it's been a crazy day today. We know with the trade deadline coming up tomorrow, there could be a lot of moving and shaking. But let's get into some things that we know for a matter of fact a, Tennessee Titans, number one seed in the AFC. Looks like they've lost Derrick Henry for what could be the potential all season. Jameis Winston is also out for the New Orleans Saints. What do you think about Derrick Henry going down, and what do you think Adrian Peterson brings to the table for the Titans?
4: Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me on, Q. Pleasure to be back on with you. Um, Yeah, it's it's obviously, you know, you feel for, you know, not only those teams, but especially those guys, you know, Derrick Henry, Jameis Winston – uh, really two great stories this year for good teams um, for Tennessee you know starting with Derrick Henry um i mean i think you could you know and some people have made this case you could make the case that um he belonged in the mvp conversation because you know we've seen some you know historically great uh, performances from the quarterback position this year but uh, it's pretty clear that he means more to the titans than most guys do to their teams um you know the titans have have run their offense through him for years now and this year was was no exception. So I, you know, you really feel for Derrick Henry because he was he was well on pace to, you know, get you know have a crack at that second straight 2,000 yard season. I mean, he was. People thought maybe he'd run out of gas this year. No, that was not the case. Um, unfortunately, the injury is going to be a setback. I, I do like the Adrian Peterson move. I think that's a smarter move than giving up a draft pick for you know some running back that's sitting on another team's bench. You know, Adrian Peterson. Um, obviously he doesn't bring the burst that he did earlier in his career, but this is, you know, if you want to find a guy who's going to come in in good shape and who's not afraid to run between the tackles and basically play the same way that Derrick Henry does, I mean, that is exactly the guy you want. So I think they made a smart move there. Again, he's not bringing the explosiveness of a Derrick Henry, but I think he's raising the floor uh, of the replacement.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's all he could really try to do, right, is try to replace that floor because Derrick Henry is a different animal. He's on a different level. Now, Cody, as I mentioned, the Titans are the number one seed right now in the AFC. And they look like, especially after the win over the Colts, have pretty good control over that division. How does this change the game? I don't think there's a player that is used more than Derrick Henry. There's not more guy, a guy that's more important to their their team's offense than Derrick Henry is for the Titans. So how do they hold on to that number one seed?
4: Well, yeah, I think it's uh, you know at least until Adrian Peterson is, you know gets situated in that offense, and I don't you know I don't uh, I don't doubt that he can manage a full workload, um, you know, within the next couple of weeks. But I think what it's going to do is it's going to ask more of Ryan Tannehill and then the passing game. I mean, the Titans' defense has you know they've they've had their struggles, their fair share of struggles this year. Um, I, I think that you know Tannehill, we saw a taste of kind of that reconnection with A.J. Brown on Sunday against the Colts, you know, big game from A.J. Brown. But, um, you know, this is, the, this is the spot where a guy like Julio Jones should really be stepping up and, and being a part of that offense. And, obviously, there's been different reasons for those struggles there this year. But um, I think, you, you know, again, bringing in a guy like Adrian Peterson allows you to, you know, keep the running game involved, keep pounding it, keep being physical but not to the extent that Derrick Henry allowed you to do that. So I think there will be more pressure on Ryan Tannehill in that passing offense. And, you know, quite simply, that connection between him and A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, that has to be working at least until Derrick Henry can get back for the playoff run.
1: Talking right now with Cody Benjamin from CBS Sports here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man DeMonten, our, DeMonten Cotton, our, uh, our, our hometown Titan fan, is in studio right now. He has a question for you.
2: Yeah, Cody, I would just want to know, sitting at 6-2, and two, second place in the AFC South, the Indianapolis Colts at 3-5. and five. The Titans have already won that season series 2-0. Do you think that they have enough, maybe not to keep that one seed, but to still win the AFC South? Definitely,
4: definitely. I mean, I think, honestly, you know, losing Derrick Henry is, is a big blow. Um, it's, it's really big, but I think that, you know, you couldn't have picked a, I shouldn't say picked a better day for him to go down. But, I mean, to do that when you sweep the Colts, I mean, that is a, you know, from the Colts' perspective, that was that was one game you just you couldn't lose. And I don't think the Colts are necessarily completely out of the picture. Um, you know, you look at the standings, and there's there's still a pathway for the Colts to be involved. But I mean, the rest of the division, um, you know, the Jaguars aren't making any noise for the rest of the year. The Texans certainly aren't. It's um, it's a, a two team race, and right now between those two teams, the Titans have the clear advantage. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. Um, I if I were a Titans fan. I would be sad that Derrick Henry's not in there, but I would not be overly concerned uh, with with their path to win that division.
1: Cody, right now, Tennessee, number one, the AFC. The Raiders are there at number two. The Ravens are at number three, and the Bills at number four. Uh, As far as the Raiders go, where do you put them on your consideration of real teams, teams that have an opportunity to make a run, and and especially as their leaders right now in the AFC West?
4: Yeah, the Raiders are – and I know know, you're – I'm talking on a – a station that that's all about that you know this this market, and I know you're a Raiders guy, and so I I um I apologize because I feel like I just the Raiders are the one team that I can't um, I, I'm just not fully in yet, and and um, I watched them you know I watched Eric Carr complete any pass he wanted to against the Eagles. I've watched Eric Carr sling it around um, with the authority of you know a top five, top ten quarterback this year. Um, I've seen them now at least so far, whether this John Gruden, you know, uh, scandal. And so Mm -hmm. the Raiders have at every turn uh, proven me wrong this year. I mean, going into the year, if you would ask me about the Raiders, I would have said they were much closer to having to blow it all up uh, rather than competing for a playoff spot. And so they've proven me wrong at every turn. And yet, uh, and you look at the division and the Chiefs are really struggling. I mean, the Chargers have, have lost more games than we thought. The Broncos, I think they're, I mean, despite the win, I think they are not in a great position moving forward. So the path is there. I just look at teams around the AFC, the Bills, the Ravens, even the Bengals, even though they lost, the Titans. I just like their chances a little better. But, hey, um, it's never bad to be the underdog. The Raiders have been it all year. It's working for them.
1: No, it really is. You know, and, and that's why we have you on the show. You know, we don't we don't need you to tell us what you think we want us to hear. We want to hear what you you know, what your thoughts are and, and so that's yeah. fine. You know, that's okay not uh being fully on on board on, on believing in the team right yeah. now. And you know, Rich Pisaccia, you in, mentioned
4: Yeah, I don't need to jump in. I just I just wanna I mean the the main reason that I think the the hold back is or the I guess the hesitancy is there is you know, we've seen Derek Carr several seasons um get hot. I mean, earlier in the year. Have really good stretches, and it's it's a little bit it's been a little bit of a different story in December. And I know that was more with John Gruden, but um, I, I'm you know I'm uh, I'm willing to uh, to vouch for the Raiders uh, once we get to the end of the season.
1: Right. I mean, it's not about what you're doing in in October. It's November and December where you really got to make some noise. And so, hey, it's November first. They got an opportunity to do what they're doing. They're in first place right now. What have you thought? You mentioned weather in the storm of the Gruden issues. What have you thought of the job that Rich Pasaccio has done? It's a small sample size, but he's two and zero, and looks like the team is willing to at least go out there and fight for him.
4: Absolutely, and I, I think that um, you know any team that would go through uh, you know a controversy like this, obviously you're going to try and do everything you can to build up the interim coach. And Mike Mayock, you know, he he, he did his part in that regard, kind of talking up. Um, Rich Pistachia, but the the thing is, I actually take Mike Mayock's words. Um, you know, I, I believe what he's saying about him, and I think that other reporters have come out and and mentioned that you know Mike Mayock, uh, close to ten years ago, was vouching for Rich Pistachia as a head coach candidate. You know, this was before Mike Mike Mayock was in the Raiders front office, obviously, and he he's been a fan of him. He's given recommendations, and I think that I think he's being genuine about it. And now, does that mean that the Raiders are? Um, going to win a playoff game under him? I don't know, but it sure seems like um, they've been able to, like I said, weather that storm a little bit. Um, you know, you could argue that the Broncos and Eagles aren't great teams, and I, I don't think they are. But still, to look as as smooth as they have coming out of that controversy, um, I think, you you know, the, the, the arrow is pointing up. I mean, you've got the Giants coming up. That's a very winnable game. The Chiefs, we don't know, you know. <laughs> They've been pretty unpredictable with their turnovers, so I think the path is there.
1: Yeah, the path is definitely there. Again, they they got to go out there and make it happen. We're talking right now with Cody Benjamin from CBS Sports here on Raider Nation Radio 920, and you mentioned Denver getting the win, but not really a good team. They, in my opinion, waved the white flag earlier today as they, they traded Von Miller to the Rams. One, I wanted to ask you about the Rams, and they're all in on everything. They don't care about draft picks. They're just ready to go win. What did you think of that move from the Rams' point of view?
4: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it is. I mean, I, you can't read it any other way. They're, they're you know, selling out for this edition of Sean McVay's Rams, which is, you know, they went all in for Matthew Stafford. Uh, it wasn't a cheap, uh, you know, it wasn't a cheap price to get Matthew Stafford, you know, dumping Jared Goff, but more so giving up those multiple first-round picks. Um, you know, they've been very clear about wanting to be all in right now. And so, yeah, Von Miller, I mean, it's uh, I, I think I would argue that, you know, Von Miller's name is just, slightly bigger than uh maybe his value at this point but still um you know you tell me you're lining up Von Miller on the outside with Aaron Donald on the inside Jalen Ramsey a corner I mean you've got me uh you know you got me sold as a as a playoff contender especially you know the defense hasn't been maybe quite as good as it was last year but this will help a lot and the offense you know this is it's not like the Rams are you know, three and four, four and three, like floating around, maybe in playoff contention. I mean, the Rams are seven and one. That's the same record as the Cardinals. They've had, they've scored almost, they've scored one fewer point than the Cardinals, who, you know, many of us think the Cardinals are, you know, one of the most explosive offenses in the league. And so the Rams are right there. Um, I think it's a little bit of a steep price to pay for Von Miller, especially because you're renting him before free agency. But if you win a Super Bowl, or if you get to the NFC Championship, I mean, from the front office perspective, it was worth it.
1: What are your thoughts on, on teams that go all in like that? Like, hey, this is the move that we need to make to put us over the top. What, do you like that approach or no? I, I, I mean, as a, from a fan's perspective, always, like in the
4: moment, it's always good. Because, you know, speaking, you know, uh, covering the Eagles, growing up with the Eagles, you know, the year they won the Super Bowl, um, when they made the in-season trade for you know, looking back now, these names they you know they're not even playing anymore. But you know, when they made the moves for like Jay Ajayi um, huh. or guys like garrett Blunt, I mean, anything like that, it's always it always tells you this front office believes in this team. And it's fun when you know they're not as worried about the future; they're worried about wh- how what can we do to win games in December, January, and when it pays off, it pays off. But the fact of the matter is. Um, you know, and if, again, if the Rams get to the, I, I say, if they get to the NFC championship at the Super Bowl, I think it, it paid off because that's what their, their bid is. But, um, obviously there's a, there's repercussions to this. I mean, in 2022, 2023, 2024, um, <laughs> you know, we, we might be talking about my gosh, uh, what happened to right. the Rams lineup, but, um, it's, you know, you have to play the game. That's, that's what it's all about.
1: Right. And they're willing to do that. And, and, and you mentioned 2022, they don't hardly have any draft picks. I mean, they just they just right. don't. They just, you know, they've given them all up. But, again, they're all in on trying to get it done. As far as the Dolphins go, they're a team that I'm surprised where they're at right now, struggling all season long. Do you expect them to be uh, sellers before the trade deadline comes up tomorrow?
4: I don't know how you can't be. I mean, honestly, I, I think that um, the Dolphins, uh, the, the, the longer this season goes on, the more last year looks like a little bit of an anomaly. And I know that, you know, to a Tunga-Vailoa, I, I certainly don't think it's, um, I think it is too early to write him off as a quarterback. Now, I don't know if the Dolphins are sold on him, but um, the fact of the matter is they, they have to, whoever's that quarterback, whether it's him, whether it's Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, next week, or this off season, or it's somebody else, they've got to figure something out where they can kind of tear it down a little bit because, um, again, I just think with each passing week, um it looks more and more like 2020 was kind of this uh, just unusual circumstances for Brian Flores and again they didn't even they didn't even make a playoff run but they did have those double digit wins and that you know we have to remember Ryan Fitzpatrick was involved in some of those uh games playing her, you know hero for them as well so at 1 and 7 um yeah they've got some expensive contracts on the books you know Xavier Howard Byron Jones um i i think they should be listening to offers
2: all right, Cody, this is going to be a very heavy question for you. <laughs> Dune, is it worth to go-see, or is it just an— I've seen so many prints, The Prince That Was Promised stories. Is Dune worth to go-see in the theater?
4: Um, I would say absolutely yes. Um, and this is coming from somebody who— I, I did not read the Dune book or six of— you know, however many there are. I did not re- read the Dune story before seeing it. I did not see the previous version in the 1980s. I went in with a general understanding of what it was, and I, I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I think it is absolutely a movie theater experience movie. Um, this was, I, I this is a simple way to put it, but I've seen some other people put it this way, and I agree. It was like watching something with the scale of Star Wars, except with an adult feel, a very adult, you know, almost darker feel, and so. Yeah, I mean, if you you got any other questions, I'd be happy to answer them. But I would I would recommend it.
2: <laughs> That's all there I need using a recommendation because I also agree. Like th- that type of scale of movie, I think you need to be in the theater so you can actually get that full experience. But I'll take your recommendation. Yeah, I mean, you gotta check it out.
4: There are there are several shots where we are seeing just how small humanity looks compared to
2: like,
4: outer space, and I would only imagine. I mean, if you're watching that on uh, you know at home or on your phone. I mean, you I don't know, you're not going to stand a chance like finding some of those little specs on the screen. You got to be seeing that
1: on uh, you know, a big screen. Wow, there you go. Here's a movie movie recommendations right there. I didn't I had yeah, no we, idea.
4: Well, we could start a new segment, you know, if you guys want to include a little movie corner or uh, you know, I come around <laughs> with some recommendations. I mean, well,
1: <laughs> whatever I'm you want to do. I'm not a big to. movie guy, but I I'll well, we'll make a big you one. movie guy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I, yeah, I love good movies. Yeah, I've been thinking about going to see Dune, and like I've listened to a couple of review podcasts because I'm the type of person nothing can be spoiled for me. Like I have more anticipation. If you're like, "Hey, man, an hour thirty, in, an hour thirty, in, craziest scene ever," I'll be waiting. Like, oh man, can't wait to see that scene. Cody was talking about.
4: <laughs> well, how about this? If if uh, you know if you if I'm fortunate enough to be back on the show and you happen to have seen it by then, we can we can chat it out. We'll see what you liked, what you didn't like.
1: there you go. Now now we we got to make an appointment. Now we got to make this appointment. Listen, because now I'm intrigued without knowing. I know I'm not going to go watch the movie, but I'm intrigued. I just want to know. I guess I'd like to know the reviews without having to go do work, which is, you know, watch the movie. So (laughs) there you go. We're going to we're going to make that return visit. Uh, We're going to make sure that that happens, Cody. Before I let you go, let me get back to one more football question. Jameis Winston goes down with a torn ACL Uh, that I hate that for for the Saints. I hate that for him. He was looking like he's having a really good season. What do you think the market is for right now for uh, Raiders backup quarterback Marcus Mariota?
4: Yeah, great. I mean, great question. I didn't expect you to go there. I think it's a good, it's a good possibility. Um, obviously, you feel for Jameis, Um He put in the work this offseason and had a, a really promising performance. Um, yeah, Marcus Mariota. I think um, I, I don't know if that's quite what Sean Payton would be looking for. Um, I, I think maybe Mariota is a little more of, um, and obviously Taysom Hill is up that you know, down that alley of kind of the the guy who can move, who can use his legs, almost his legs are as valuable as his arm. But I think that, um, you know, what he was trying to make Jameis, uh, he certainly wasn't trying to make him Drew Brees, but he was kind of confining him in that offense to make the routine throws, um, you know, not turn the ball over, and, and kind of play the way the Saints have played offense for a while. And so, you know, I think there's more of a chance of Trevor Simeon starting there or um, you know, my colleague Will Brinson at CBS Sports. This is more of a long shot, but he threw out the idea of giving Philip Rivers a call. Um, mm. You know, I yeah, I mean because again, the style of offense they want to play is is mostly just you know don't turn the ball over, get the ball to the playmakers. You're going to have Michael Thomas coming back. Um, I don't know Philip Rivers. You know what kind of shape he's in right now. Right. Um, another name I'd throw out there is Nick Foles, but again. Uh, I think Sean Payton said it this week, you know, at this point in the season, it's a little bit tougher to bring a quarterback in and expect him to kind of run the offense perfectly. So I, we could see a you know mix and match of Trevor Simeon and, and Taysom Hill moving forward.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't think that Marcus Mariota was a good fit for, for New Orleans. Didn't know if he was a good fit for anyone at this point in the season for every reason that you just mentioned. Just have to see how everything shakes out. But the trade deadline should be interesting. If there's any more moves to be made, Already got off to a good start this morning with uh, with uh, Von Miller going to the Rams. So we'll see how that shakes out as well. Cody, great stuff, man. What do you got coming out on CBS Sports uh, that anyone should be on the lookout for? And what kind of movie recommendations do you maybe have that uh, DeMond will be looking for?
4: Oh, man. Um, you put me on the spot there. Um, so first thing, you know, with football related, uh, obviously with the trade deadline is the biggest thing this week. And so um, you'll, you'll just want to be following along for that. And then t- uh, tomorrow, by the end of the day, I'll be having uh, grades up for pretty much every trade that happens um, before or at the deadline. So that'll be at cbssports.com. Movie recommendations? Oh, I would say if, if it's not Dune and you're you going to a theater that's still showing the new James Bond, I mean, I I'm not uh, I don't religiously follow the James Bond movies, but the new one, No Time to Die, also a good big-screen experience.
1: Boom. Oh, there it is right there, DeMond. I just hooked up your next couple weekends, so there you go. Uh, to Cody. I can get Thank you, you to the
4: movie theater. We I mean we gotta get in there. we'll buy his ticket. We'll we'll, you know, if you have me on, we'll talk about it.
1: All right, done deal. We'll make that happen. <laughs> Cody, I appreciate your time as always, man. Great stuff. Thanks so much for having me. No doubt, no doubt. There he goes, Cody Benjamin, CBS Sports.com. You can find him on Twitter at Cody J Benjamin. And I'll let you get, get loose, DeMond, and and we'll have a whole Cisco and Ebert going here on the show, huh?
2: Oh, I would love that. Oh, yeah. This week at the movies, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. Well, maybe at some point we'll get we'll get you into the swing of things. Maybe we'll come up with a Demond's movie movie of the month or so. I don't know. We'll come up with something creative. We'll figure something out. But good stuff right there from Cody, and I know he's a big he's a big movie buff. So if you're gonna ask somebody something about movies, that's that's the guy to ask. Because I'm not the guy. I couldn't tell you nothing about nothing. I ain't watched too many movies at all. Every once in a while, I'll fall into a Netflix special. Every once in a while
2: yeah pretty soon with me it'll turn into like did he really like he's not really breaking it down he's just quoting the movie i think he just wants to be an actor that'd be like you know who just be like and then that one scene when the dude was like this he'd be like (laughs) this don't really seem that professional at all
1: (laughs) right at all at all it's all good though 251 is the time you want to take a quick break or what should we do let's take a quick break all right take a quick break we'll come on back close out hour number one this is unnecessary roughness on raider nation radio 920
0: Welcome back. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness,
1: Unnecessary Roughness.
0: Here on Raider Nation Radio 920.
1: So I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today.
0: Here's your boy Q.
1: Just got a couple more minutes left in this hour. We'll have Jim Plunkett starting off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. He'll join the show. Very excited about his weekly visit. Uh, but let's go hustle out to the Raider Nation listener line. Talk to our guy, Raider Mike. What's on your mind, my man? What's up, boys? Chilling. For Plunk, quick,
0: fast, in a hurry,
1: flavor vision
0: is but Canton's vision is horrifyingly blind. I mean, how is Joe Namath that insurance huckster with the giant ears in, and he's not. So ask him how pissed off he is about that. Next. If we can pull Fletcher Cox, definitely. That guy was a beast in the super bowl. OBJ fifth or sixth round pick. I'd pull him. That dude is Vegas. Totally is Vegas. Um, cool thing about Halloween here. We had about a thousand kids come to the neighborhood and I dressed as DC and Derek Carr and these kids know who he is and now how badass he is. So that's really cool that kids in Florida are throwing respect at an RQB from Nevada. Lastly, I'm kind of with DeMond, let's stand Pat and I'd even sit on Mariota. But if you're going to do that, Start using him in different play sets, you know, as an offensive weapon. It's about all well, I got. I know we're against the clock.
1: Raiders,
0: I'm out, brothers. Peace. See hey, there the he is.
1: Great call, man. Great call. Definitely appreciate that. And dressed up as Derek Carr for Halloween. That's what's up. You know what I did for Halloween? I turned out my light. I turned out my light on the porch and did not open the door one time. Didn't hear the doorbell ring mm. It was all good. Whatever. What'd you do? You hand out candy?
2: I relaxed, man. You know, Friday. Okay. And...
1: So there, so wait, hold on. You so see, you going to throw salt at me for, for relaxing and chilling, but you didn't do anything. You didn't go out of your way to hand out no candy. Yeah,
2: but you're a family man, you know, a wife and the kid, you're supposed to be doing kid all that. Kid wasn't
1: here. Kid, kid decided to go out and have her own time. She went out and had her own thing.
2: She wasn't worried about handing out no candy. Yeah, but you fit the stereotype of someone who hands out Halloween candy. I'm How do I fit
1: the stereotype? I ain't handed out candy in years, brother. I mean, you, you got have the a, wrong stereotype, man. You have a home like and a family. Thinking, I don't hand out candy. I don't get that twisted. I don't hand out candy. No nope.
2: Scrooge McDuck over here. Am I right, guys?
1: That's fine. Hey, look, man. I don't put up. I don't hang up Christmas trees either. How about that? I don't do none of that stuff. I got. I got too much work to do. There's, there's work to be done, brother. Two fifty six is the time. This guy going to talk bad about me and didn't hand out no candy himself. Don't make no sense. Now, 257 is the time. When we come back, we'll talk to Jim Plunkett. We'll get his thoughts as the Raiders come out of the bye week at 5-2. We'll kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.